G'day, this is Lisa Testart and you're here for another episode of Surviving the Legal System with a Psychopath in Australia. Now, I'm sure we've all seen American programs where the guy is in the witness box and they go, I plead the fifth, Your Honour, I take the fifth. Now, what does that mean? Well, in America, um, they have the fifth, what's called the Fifth Amendment and it's, uh, it's an addition to their constitution that gives them protective rights against self-incrimination. In Australia, we don't have that kind of constitutional right. Our right to the protection of self-incrimination is in common law. And so long as you can establish some reasonable grounds for the claim of self-incrimination protection, it's generally allowed. So in family law, it's imperative that parties be allowed to give their evidence without fear of prosecution. Now, not everyone will, will appreciate that imperative, particularly if they're the ones in the witness box. Um, and I can already hear the upcoming disagreements on this from victims who think that their perpetrators should be pulled through um, some kind of sharp and thorny implement until they spill every last um, morsel of self-incrimination. Well, this is an area where self-incrimination can apply to anyone. You never know when you're going to be caught in a situation that might become problematic for you as a victim or a perpetrator or anyone. So this is a without judgment. Um, yeah, we, we, you've got to be able to suspend victim judgment of how these things play out and just accept the fact that a Section 128 certificate is a very, very good thing to be able to have. I've seen plenty of victims who have had to take, um, who've had to been given a certificate because of the way that they, um, the way that things happened. I've seen plenty of perpetrators this have the same. So this can happen to anyone. So if you need, if your case needs the evidence that you're trying to extract from the other side, you've got to throw the dog a bone. And, you know, like I said, even victims get this protection if they need it. And sometimes they do because sometimes victims do things that they may or may not have been aware could, have, could land them in trouble. So... Let's apply this across the board, okay? So, can you plead the fifth in Australia? No, you can't. We have um, Section 128 of the Evidence Act that deals with the issue of self-incrimination. Now, your lawyer or barrister may not recognise it immediately um, while you're in the witness box, because in family law, that's generally how it comes up. Um, but if they don't, if they don't recognise it um, immediately, the judge may re the judge may act 
um, and may raise the issue and may ask the legal representatives there, do I need to issue a Section 128 certificate for this evidence? Where is this evidence going and does the, does the witness need protection? So the Evidence Act, Section 128, deals with this issue of self-incrimination and it says a witness may, subject to giving particular evidence or evidence on a particular matter on the ground, that the evidence may tend to prove that the witness has committed an offence under Australian law or is liable to a civil penalty. Now, Section 128 further provides protection for parties who are caught in circumstances where the law compels them to give full and frank financial disclosure because if they don't, they could find themselves in contempt of court. So sometimes that might mean that a party has to disclose financial information that could put them in the spotlight of the ATO. So full and frank financial disclosure, it comes with a thorny downside because you might have to disclose that you have been doing a tax evasion or a tax avoidance scheme. You may have to disclose that there are um, things that the tax office might not look so favourably on. It could be any other government agency or authority. I'll just use the ATO because it's easy. So, <clears throat> so Section 128 certificates, therefore specific um, sections or topics of your cross-examination, they have a start time, so they're noted on the transcript so that um, the start time is clear and they have stop time. So in the transcript, it will be noted that the Section 128 certificate stops here. In family law, most of the time, um, what I've seen is that it comes up in cross-examination, um, there's a pause, there's a discussion between the bench and the bar, and there'll be a decision made whether this topic warrants a Section 128 certificate. So if you hear them talking about a certificate, Section 128, you know that they're talking about whether to give you protection against self-incrimination. Now that means um, very clear, very, it's very clear, very, you need to know what this means. It means that while that certificate is running on the transcript, nothing that you get asked about until it stops can be used in any other jurisdiction. So you can give your evidence freely. Now, there is a catch-22 in this, and it's that while, yes, you are protected from self-incrimination and yes, you cannot be um, prosecuted for evidence that you give while under the protection of a Section 128 certificate, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card and it's not an absolute protection because the judge can determine that they will still refer you to the ATO, for instance, or the police. It may be for um, an issue that is bigger than the evidence that you were given protection for. 
Um, I've not seen a situation where this has occurred. I've seen plenty of certificates issued, but I've not seen a situation myself where um, a party has been given a certificate and has then been referred off for investigation and or prosecution. So my experience in this is limited to what I have observed. So I'm not saying that you should you should not give your evidence, um, but just be aware, for the most part in family law, they give a certificate and that's the end of the matter and there's no further prosecution, nothing to worry about. But if you're giving evidence and you give your evidence... Um, leads to something that is so big that not even the judge can overlook it, well, you might, you know, you can't go into family law and go, well, you know, I cooked the books a bit, and then the judge gets evidence that says, well, yeah, you cooked the books because you were money laundering for for, for some cartel in Mexico and that's how you got all these assets that are now part of the the property pool to be divided up in a just and equitable manner as between the parties because that just might override that certificate that you've been given because the judge can't overlook the fact that you're money laundering for a drug cartel. Does that make sense? Because it's... It, it's one of those things, it's a piece, how long is a piece of string question? If you think you've got shit that is going to get you in trouble, go see a lawyer. If you think it's shit that's going to get you in serious trouble, see a lawyer. Typically a criminal lawyer, probably better than a family lawyer at this stage, because maybe you need to figure out whether it's worth going into family law and running proceedings or whether you should just get out of it. So these are all things that you've got to figure out for yourself because no one can give you a hard and fast answer on this stuff. Take a risk going into litigation in any jurisdiction. You take a risk with a certificate. You take a risk every time you step into a court. So if in doubt, Really, I strongly suggest, I strongly encourage you to get legal advice because I'm not a lawyer. Everything that I discuss in these podcasts is based on my opinion, my observations, my direct experiences and knowledge where necessary, I refer to um, legal articles and legal resources to make sure that I'm giving factually correct information. So in this, in this episode, the factually correct information is, yes, there's a Section 128 of the Evidence Act. Yes, you get protection. You get a certificate if you are intending to give evidence or you're required to give evidence that will um, act as self-incrimination. You are entitled to seek protection for disclosures that you make. You need to be aware that that protection is not absolute and that a court can override it. And you need to be willing to have conversations with a lawyer about these issues so that you can be fully informed. 
because what this podcast is giving you is awareness. It's not legal advice. Nothing in any of my podcasts or any of the services that I offer are legal advice. So you need to be as informed and legally informed about your situation as you can possibly be. If you have stuff in the skeleton, if you have skeletons in your closet, whether they rattle, whether they fold like, you know, dollar bills or they jingle like coins, I don't care what the skeleton is, go to a lawyer, get it checked out. See if that's an issue that still has life in it and whether you are at risk. Do not rely on this podcast or anything in this series to get you through your case if you require legal advice. So think about your situation and keep listening.